latest in the Bova News podcast series. I'm Kim Bremer and I'll be your host today. We're continuing our Beefmaster series, but this time with a focus on the feedlot side of the business. Five Rivers Cattle Feeding is one of the largest cattle feeding operations in the world with 11 feed yards in six states, a one-time feeding capacity of nearly a million head of cattle. Today, we're happy to have Mike Thorin, CEO of Five Rivers as our guest. Mike has served as the president and chief executive officer of Five Rivers since the company's inception. From 2003 until 2005, Mike was the president and CEO of Contabeef LLC, a former wholly owned subsidiary of Continental Grain Company. Mike began his career with the cattle feeding division of Continental Grain Company in 1991 and worked his way up through the company as feed yard general manager, director of feedlot operations, vice president of operations, and CEO. Mike received his master of science in agricultural economics and a bachelor science and agribusiness from Washington State University. Mike is active in a number of local and national industry groups as well. Uh, welcome to the podcast today, Mike. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, to start with, can you give us an overview of Five Rivers? Yeah, as you mentioned in your intro, we have 11 feed yards in six states. Our yards um, span from 50,000 head of one-time capacity to about 120,000 head of um, one-time capacity. Um, I think we're a little different than a lot of our um, peers um, in that each each yard acts as an autonomous business unit. And so those um, teams at each feed yard are responsible for buying their own commodities and their own cattle uh, and making marketing decisions. So we look at each feed yard as a profit center. You know, and that, that um, Veer off the strategy from what's more typical in the corporate cattle feeding world and having the transactional um, tra- or cash transactions taking place at the feed yards. We feel that um, is advantageous to us. We want our feed yards to be a very close part of that local community, and we want the feed yards to have the relations with the uh, um, ranchers and farmers and business people in those communities. So we, we tend to focus um, those efforts back to the feed yard versus a corporate specialized function. Well, Five Rivers has been in business for a long time. What do you think has been the biggest change you've seen in the cattle feeding business over over time? Yeah, so as you mentioned, I started my career in 1991, started driving a feed truck. And I remember clearly I started at Cimarron Feeders. It was a 48,000 head feed yard I started in October of that year. And I remember driving um, feed truck so in that job, you're all over the yard, so you see every pin of cattle and stuff. And I remember clearly that we had one pin of straight black calves um, that we bought from the neighbor in, in the feed yard that year. Everything else was, you know, three-colored cattle, lots of tiger stripes, all kinds of interesting um, cattle. Today, it's amazing to me how black the whole industry is. I mean, you go and it's nothing to see a 50 or 70 or 100,000 head uh, figure with generally black cattle in every pen. I just think that's interesting is where we've gone genetically as an industry over time. Um, and, and with that, we've you know, been able to really address the, you know, that 20 year decline as an industry. We were able to decrease that 20 year cl- decline, I believe, in uh, beef dis- uh, um, demand that started in 1980. You know, we've had good demand growth, um, you know, from 2000 forward. And and I think that's exciting. I agree with you. That is exciting. I think we saw that as well carry over through the pandemic. Yeah, for certain. For certain. I think uh, 
beef is is recognized as as the premier protein and it's enjoyable and I and I think people really do enjoy um, participating in a meal that's uh, beef centered today. Well, and along those lines, talking about quality of beef. So as the largest feedlot operation, you do have a significant impact on the beef that ends up on dinner tables across our country. What do you do on a daily basis to ensure high quality beef? Yeah, I think it starts with our sales in and we market uh, um, the majority, the vast majority of our cattle are marketed through uh, grid or formula arrangements and this, you know, those are paying premiums for high quality cattle. And I think that was the emphasis as the industry or impetus for the industry um, to move to these higher grading cattle. I think, you know, as you compare to then and now, we've, we've already talked about genetics. I think it's interesting when you put that in the face of over that same 30 year period, we've had incredible um, technological products come to market from a productive um, production and efficiency standpoint. Those products being, you know, better implants, uh, beta agnus, uh, and others all tend to have somewhat of a negative impact on quality grade, um, minimal but 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 negative nonetheless. Um, I think the fact that the genetic um, advancements have offset that and made improvements today where we're it's nothing to see a 70 percent national grade um today when when it started as 35 percent i think when you look at some of the different things that we've done over that to address that is so we we buy different cattle we focus on different cattle we we feed cattle certainly much longer than we did when i started for for really the 10 or for first 10 or 15 years of my career if you go back in our data you'll see that we we bought essentially a 750 pound steer and fed them 133 days um, was, and it was very consistent year over year over year. It might've moved to 132 to 134. It was really that tight. Today, we essentially buy a 775 to 800 pound steer and we'll feed them 160 to 180 days. Uh, so I think, and the whole industry's moved that way is just look, our turnover rate as an industry has really slowed down, putting more time on, feed, and in the end, uh, really pushing cattle into those upper quality grades. We often hear that with great size comes great responsibility. How does that affect your business from sustainability, from in terms of animal welfare to meeting consumer demand and beyond? Yeah, we're very focused in that area, right? In the second um, uh, sense of our mission statement, we recognize that we're a leader in the industry. We take that um, role very seriously and we work with other stakeholders to um, uh, uh, ensure the um, viability of, of the industry as a whole. You know, we're, we're very active in all trade associations or not all, but all of our local cattle feeding state trade associations and national cattlemen's beef association. Uh, we, we take leadership roles um, in, in all of those entities. We, we are very active and one of the founding members of the Beef Alliance, which is a um, feedlot-centered group. And, and more recently, we've partnered with um, AgNext, a uh, de, uh, department inside of uh, Colorado State University um, that's focused on sustainability of the beef industry as a whole, um, ranch through rail, essentially, and working on challenges and technologies to ensure the viability. And so that's 
that whole whole issue, animal welfare, animals or sustainability, environmental are, are areas that, that we we take seriously every day and and truly just try to engage by being part of the discussion, um, trying to understand it and and make innovative changes to move, keep moving the industry um, towards um, better ends in the, each of those areas. What are some of the changes? that you've done over time in terms of environmental sustainability and even on the well, animal welfare side? Yeah, I, so on the animal welfare side, I think us in the industry um, have, have really, I think we always have in our hearts, every cattleman in my, my belief, uh, tries to do the best they can for the animals they're entrusted with. Five Rivers is the same. And as we've learned things, you know, Dr. Temple Grandin has, has made huge contributions to the industry and we've adopted her uh, principles on in animal handling. Um, we, uh, you know, and we really pushed as, as, as the team has moved away from, you know, being largely ranch and farm raised people to, to people from different backgrounds. And it's really, um, and we're, we're that, came came naturally or intuitively um we've we've really worked in training our uh, and instilling that culture with our new team members of of animal welfare and the importance of it and everything we do is about trying to keep those animals comfortable you know some things on the ground that we've done is is over the last 30 years we've we've spent a lot more money on dirt work and stuff setting up pins so they drain properly um, so when we do get inclement wet, whether they drain and dry as quickly as possible, we spend a lot of time and have learned a lot about orientation, you know, slope, sunlight, all those things, trying to optimize uh, whatever environment we're in for cattle comfort. Um, you know, and there's just been incremental things with increasing the width of bunk aprons. So if it is wet and sloppy, cattle do have a good place to, to lay down those those types of issues. We've we put a a lot more effort today into manure management, keeping pens dry and clean for cattle comfort. But it also, I think there's a sustainability component with that, that the manure is uh, more uh, nutrient dense when it's harvested quickly and, and provides a lot better product for the um, farmers. And in the end, that's just a, a decrease in the amount of nitrogen or commercial fertilizer that has to be applied in the total system. So those are the kinds of things that we've done. What are some of the biggest challenges you, well, and, and other feedlots are facing today? I think there, there's several challenges that are that are perplexing. Um, one, cattle feeding is a 365 day a year, 24 hour on business. I mean, we're we're entrusted with the care of many animals, and to do that, that takes people that are dedicated and there for, for the animals. Society um, takes uh, its work-life balance a lot more serious than it did in prior generations. So, so staffing feed yards today is very challenging where it didn't used to be as much as always been somewhat of a challenge, but not, not to the extent it is. We've had to you know, um, really think about our schedules, how we coordinate people to be there to, to give that care, that level of care that's necessary for the animals has been challenging. I think the the other challenge that keeps me awake is is just this whole ag is bad and and uh, 
we're not sustainable when I really believe we are the tools uh, to sustainability. And I think the true science proves it out very well that confined animal feeding is a very sustainable practice and really does help with um, the whole carbon footprint of food production. Uh, and I think just getting that narrative and that story corrected. Now, that's not to say we're perfect. We've got challenges and improvements to make inside our house, but we're not we're, we're not a dirty industry, um, but we've got a dirty narrative at this point. And so we've got to really address that narrative. And, and it's not just rhetoric and marketing speech. It's doing the hard work and science to prove that out and to measure it and, and document it. And that's some of the work, um, you know, that CSU at Agnext and other coordinated um, land grants are going to be all taking very seriously and um, moving the ball forward. Yeah, that's well said. I, I completely agree with you. You know, when people hear the same message over and over and over again, it becomes the truth. And we do have a lot of catching up to do in this narrative of talking about the what you do and why and the improvements that have been made over time that are so significant. But yes, getting the message out is a challenge. Right, right. And lastly, what does the future hold for Five Rivers? What are you most excited about? I... I'm excited just in general about Five Rivers and, and our structure. I think um, we've got an excellent team. We work very dil diligently on attracting the um, team members that have our values and beliefs and desire to take care of animals. I mean, that's core. We're cattle feeders. That means we take care of cattles, cattle every day. And, and having people that are passionate about that is exciting. I think we've done a, a very good job of attracting those type of people. And so I think our future's bright. Um, I'm excited about some of, these, some of the technology and breakthroughs as, that we'll, we'll see around the sustainability. I think there's, there's potential for us to grow our business, right time, right place. I think we have the uh, core skill set to support some more locations and stuff. And I'm, I'm excited about those types of opportunities. Um, but, but I really think the, the future of us or of five rivers will be defined along that sustainability front. And that's balancing, you know, doing more with less and, and achieving the desires of all the stakeholders uh, in society. Cause I do think we're, we're, we as an industry and Five Rivers as part of that industry is vital uh, to, to feeding uh, the, the growing populations uh, of the world. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we appreciate all that you're doing, Mike, in terms of improving how you care for animals and the environment and then providing, obviously, this great quality protein on our tables uh, every week. So this wraps up our Bova News podcast for today. If you like what you heard, be sure to follow Bova News on your favorite podcast subscription service. While you're at it, go ahead and follow us on the various social media platforms and subscribe to our YouTube page. And be sure to check out our website, bovanews.com for more information and alerts to upcoming podcasts and webinars. This has been your host, Kim Bremer, and from everyone here at Bova News, have a great day.